0: Mike, Vincent, Knoxville, how are you?
1: Vince, it's great to be with you, talking draft, talk, yeah. talking about actual sports.
0: <laughs> Thank goodness. I know you have been very thankful for this process, and, and obviously with your podcast, that you've continued, the OTP podcast, you've continued to, to talk NFL, and with this draft, it's given you a lot of content, and I know a lot of us football fans are very thankful for the fact that this draft is continuing.
1: Well, for us, doing the OTP, we have done position previews. Dave McGinnis and Rhett Bryan broke down over 400 players preparing for this draft. Wow. Coach Mack still does what he did when he worked for NFL teams, and he's taught the process to Rhett. So they are sort of our um, Mel Kuyper and Todd McShea, if you will. And what we've had them do is they have done seven separate editions of the OTP where they talk about specific positions. We combined tight ends and offensive linemen uh, because it's not a great year tight end depth-wise, and we did all of the linebackers together. We did outside and inside linebackers together. So if people are interested, they can go to TennesseeTitans.com, go to the podcast section, and you can hear any of their breakdowns, and that's been fun. And then we visited with John Robinson and Mike Vrabel and did it where they could be live with season ticket members watching. And so season ticket members got to submit their own questions. And all of this just with the general idea of, listen, uh, we we don't have sports right now, but we we do have the draft. It's something that we can do safely because, as you know, the draft is going to be done with everybody in their own homes. And it's something, too, Vince, if we're going to play at some point, Mm -hmm. the players have to be allocated. And that's the part of it. I know there have been some who have said, how can you do free agency? How can you do the draft? And I get it. And, And I don't think anybody in the NFL means to be disrespectful. But if we are going to have a chance to play, the free agents have to know what team they play for, and these rookies have to know so at the moment that we go whenever that is everybody is going to know where they're supposed to go so i i think it's it's probably been absolutely the right thing and listen sports is an outlet for people anyway always but yep. even more in this instance you know even in a normal set of circumstances there's war and death and taxes and splitting the atom and and brain surgery and dealing with cancer and, you know, all these things that are real problems and we're educating our children. Sports is always, you know, just on the outside. But even more right now, it's on the outside. It's still a great escape, if you will. And I think the draft is going to be that for a lot of people.
0: You visited with both John Robinson, Mike Vrabel, you have during this process. Can you share a little bit about how you think the execution of the draft will go, whether it's just maybe the Titans are going to do it a little bit differently for everybody else, or if there's a mandated system, how to submit their picks and who's going to be where, that type of thing?
1: It's a great question. There is a mandated system in terms of some equipment. Uh, but and, and a lot of that is for protection. It's to make sure that um, connections stay not only secure, but online. I mean, you don't want to lose your feed when you're on the clock. Right, so you have some of those things. And then you have technological support from your own IT department. One of the things that John Robinson changed when he became the general manager, and it's something that Mike Vrabel also embraced, was a total change in communication technology as it goes to our draft board. Mm -hmm. Used to, you walked in and you put things on a magnetic little thing and put it on the board, you know? And now when John Robinson changes the board, he changes it electronically And so they don't have to go in, you know, the director of college scouting doesn't have to go in his office and change the board. It's changed for him automatically.
0: Right.
1: Well, John did all of that. When he came in, all of the scouting, all of the football, all of everything became computer and became iPad and became a network. Um, The draft room it, the draft board itself is virtual. It is it is no longer a, a, a physical draft board like what we used to have. They would write the names on the walls. That isn't done that way anymore. So I think the fact that our two executives are both 44 years old mm-hmm. and came out of the technology era is a huge advantage to the Tennessee Titans. We're already hearing stories about teams who have you know GMs in their 60s, towards 70 who are like, well, what do we do here? Our two guys have no problem with that at all. Plus, and most importantly, they have teenagers. So if they have any questions, they can just go to the teenagers. The other thing the Titans have, and I don't know if other teams have it or not, but so we have an IT department that just works with football. Mm-hmm. We, don't an, we don't have an IT department that is just for the whole building. I mean we have guys who do that but there are certain specific people who work strictly with football. If if a coach's computer goes down, if a scout's computer, you know, anything like that, there are people to work on that because since we've gone to so much technology, they needed people specifically put in charge of those areas. So I think that's been a huge deal for us in all of this.
0: Outstanding. So do you know how the actual execution of a submitted selection is? Are they holding up a dry erase board and making sure that you see the name?
1: Three to four people have the uh, responsibility of submitting it in different ways uh, to make sure that it gets seen. What I think is going to be interesting is I don't think we're going to see the 10 minute rigmarole, uh, you know, where we wait for mama and grandmama to kiss baby as he finds out he's been picked by the jets or you know dad to give him a big hug and sister and brother to you know get their selfie with him i don't think you're having that this time i i think teams are not going to fiddle around with it i think if they're picking jim smith from state u i think they're going to submit that pick and I think if there's gonna be a trade, I think the trade will be will be executed right at the start of the ten minutes because I think everybody is afraid, even with the grace period they say they're going to give teams, I think everybody's afraid they won't get their pick in on time and they'll get jumped. Now again, I, I think the league is gonna gonna give them some leeway on the ten minutes on that. Mm -hmm. But I still I still believe very strongly that you're going to see this thing move faster because people don't want to take a chance on having some sort of issue. You know, sometimes teams sit there for the whole time just to drag it out. I don't think this time because I think everybody wants to make sure that, you know, because, listen, if you don't get it in and you have some sort of problem, and you've got an owner or a general manager that you have to answer to because you didn't get your pick in right somebody's getting fired. Yeah. And I I don't think anybody wants that to happen.
0: Before we talk about the Titans and some of the things they might do with that first round pick, are there any other trends that you anticipate with this year's draft at least early on in the draft?
1: I here's what I think, Vince. I don't And one GM has been quoted today, as a matter of fact, saying what I have believed all along. And John Robinson has basically confirmed to me, and that is most of these mock drafts are probably way off. (laughs) And, And here's the reason. A lot of the mock drafts end up being very good every single year because the different analysts have people with teams that they speak to who give them an idea on certain things. And then they come to consensuses. They'll come to a consensus on, you know, Tonga let's say. And they'll talk to five teams, they'll hear five teams say, look, Miami's picking. No doubt, Miami's picking him, it's happening, we know it. And that ends up being right. Well, this time around, if you're an analyst, you're calling your five different sources, and you might be hearing five different things about two, because these teams have not had these extra opportunities to do this background. The other thing, too, is some of the people with the teams talk at the different pro days. You get a feel. You see who sticks around longer to the to interview a player you see who how many people they bring do they bring the whole staff do they brace one scout there so all of the in this poker game they're all of these tells this year there are no tells no pre-draft visits to speak of to facilities i think we got in 25 percent of ours before they stopped them wow. and and then you don't go to pro days and you it, all these things so i think What you're going to see, even in the first round, is I think you're going to get to rounds two and three, you're going to see crazy stuff. You're going to see guys who have been projected to go in the fifth round go in the second round. Because one team has this guy rated much more highly than other teams do based on the fact that nobody really knows and nobody really goes in. I mean, like, for example, so I've got my – Mike D'Antilia draft book right here, which I love. I love Mike D'Antilia. Mike D is my guy. Okay, love Mike D. <laughs> All right, so love Mike D. And I buy multiple copies, and I mean I go through tear pages out. I love it. Okay. Uh, I, I like Dane Brugler, uh, who's his his beast for the athletic is fantastic. I read other people too. And there there are people who work for team websites and for newspaper websites that I think are very knowledgeable. But I just don't think people have any idea on consensus. Right. And because of that, I think 20 to 100 in this draft going to be nuts. I also think it makes it more important for your undrafted. Because I think there's some fifth or sixth round picks – in terms of their real talent who are going to be undrafted because people couldn't get the answers that they needed.
0: So does that mean they go, you're going to see a lot of teams be safer mid to later rounds?
1: Yes. Yeah. I think they will be safer and they'll take players that won't end up making their team because what'll happen is they'll take a guy in the sixth round. They feel safe about, Mm And then they'll sign Jim Smith from State U, who they're worried about his knee or his character. They'll sign him as an undrafted, and then they'll get into camp, and Jim Smith will end up being better than the sixth-round pick. And so, so I think you're going to see a lot of day three picks who end up getting cut because the undrafteds are better, but they don't have enough intel on the undrafteds to draft them they're scared to draft they will be scared or reticent to draft some of these guys because they don't have all the intel part of it listen they want to look these guys in the face and right. when when people come into our facility and they sit down with us so they sit down with the GM and they sit down with the head coach and they sit down with the position coach but they'll probably sit down with another nine people and it will surprise you who all they sit down with on a staff. Some of them don't have anything to do with football. And they want to see how the whole thing plays out. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'll give you an example. When Jameis Winston came in, we, we were expecting something out of Jameis Winston, and we got something completely different. Everybody in the building liked him. Everybody in the building. You came away with the impression that he was more of a goofy guy than a bad guy. He was and that and that was what, you know, the Intel was saying when they did all the, the research, when they had the private investigator, the security guy do all the research, that's what came back. But then when you met him, you said, I like this guy. You I mean, you totally got it. And and then there's some people that you meet, and I'm not gonna go into that, but there's some people that you meet that you don't like. You know, and and then there's some people who are nice to the people they think they're supposed to be nice to, and then they ain't nice to anybody else, you know? Uh, So so not having those in-person meetings and not being able to answer those questions that put you over the top one way or the other, it's a big deal.
0: I've asked NFL people this before, and I want you to reiterate it, if you could, if that's how you feel. In that private investigating, in those interviews, the NFL all teams always have the answers to the questions, right? 100%. They just want to see how that player is
1: going to answer them. They love truthfulness. Right. They 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 love when a guy's had an incident and or or some situation come up, if he sits here and says, Let me tell you what I, I cheated on the test. And the reason I cheated on the test was because of A, B, and C. Doesn't excuse it, right? But what it tells you is it's a it's a character trait that's involved in football specifically because they want people who take responsibility. If you miss a block, if you don't cover the right guy, if, I mean, those things are going to come up. Are you a, are you a finger pointer? Are you a whiner? Are you? I mean. The, the character that comes out, we've all made mistakes. Mm-hmm. The character that comes out in those instances, are you a defensive person? Are you, are you coachable in these ways? Could you say, listen, I made this mistake when I was a young person, but my high school coach got a, a hold of me and I, I changed in this way. And you see, it's a lot of like what went on with Jeffrey Simmons. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the Jeffrey Simmons thing that was so important is he never shied away from his responsibility he never made an excuse about what happened but what he could say is here is my body of life for the last 3 years i have improved i have learned from this i have lived a, a high character life and those sorts of things are so important because i want to tell you something they know everything yeah i mean they know more than the government i mean they they know they can find out If you think you're going to lie to them, and this is one reason they hate this process of not having these interviews is because they can't look these guys in the eye and see how they would handle what comes up. Um, You know, those sorts of things are are so vastly important because they want to know that you're going to tell them the truth when you ask them because they're making a massive investment in you not just in, as a player, but as a human being.
0: In those mock drafts that you talked about, I know they're going to be less accurate this year, but you see for the Titans, defensive line, offensive mm-hmm. line, cornerback as positions. I mean, certainly you, when you pick 29, you could always end up going best player available and go mm-hmm. off of that board. Just give me your thoughts on some most likely directions the Titans might go at that spot.
1: Okay, let's start with the broad view. And that is John Robinson has put himself in a position where he doesn't have to do anything. Okay, okay. so so and that is always John Robinson's default move in what he's going to do in free agency and what he's going to do in terms of re-signing. He wants to be in a position where he doesn't have to do anything. So let's say a great player out of nowhere falls to 29. Let's say one of the quarterbacks, just miraculously.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, then he can pick the quarterback. The same way, last year the Titans didn't need a defensive lineman, didn't have to have one, but they could take Jeffrey Simmons because they didn't have to do something. And then in the second round, they they didn't you know desperately need a wide receiver. They had numbers but they could take A.J. Brown because they they were in the position where there wasn't something they definitely had to do. All right, so that's it. Second part, position of need on this team is corner. They need corners. What's the most plentiful position in this draft? Corners. So while you're asking me about number 29, I could say they could go – Whatever at 29, and then they could go corner at 61 and 93. Mm -hmm. And because this draft is so deep at corner, they're going to be able to find those guys who fit those needs. That's great. Uh, They need a defensive lineman, need another one. Um, In terms of defensive linemen, the the defensive lineman they need, though, isn't necessarily the showstopper. So if they want to take that guy who's going to play first and second down, who is a scheme-specific player, they might be able to get him in the fifth round, possibly. Then the the other spot is offensive tackle. Um, the offensive tackle position is so they they re-signed Dennis Kelly to take Jack Conklin's place. Right now, Dennis Kelly's the starter at right tackle. Now, you might be able to find somebody to beat him out. That'd be a good thing. Um, because that means you would improve your football team, and then Dennis Kelly would be free to be the swing guy again, which he's so good at. Right. So you don't lose in that. But if you decide you're going to play Dennis Kelly at right tackle this year and you're going to take a developmental guy on day three, well, you could do that too. So I, I think that's where John Robinson does such a great job is he makes himself Unpredictable. Now, if you're asking me what I think the number one option is, do I think it's corner? Do I think it's defensive line? Do I think it's offensive line? Um, My answer is none of the above. I think the number one option is trading down. If he can trade down, remember the Titans don't have a four or a six, they need multiple players at certain positions like corner. They'd love to draft a wide receiver. Because Daniel Jeremiah has 18 wide receivers in his top 100. It is a receiver corner draft. That's what this draft is. Titans would love to get in there and grab somebody who could help. They could take a receiver with their first round pick if they think it's the right guy, just because it's such a great year. But if they could deal down, add another two, add another three, add a four, add a six, I think that's what they'd like to do because I think the feeling vents is they could probably, unless somebody really great falls, they could probably get the same guy get at 29. And I'm talking about if they want a tackle, there's probably a tackle that they rank on their board as that early second-round pick who would fit the value of that. So I think the Titans are a real wild card in all of this, and they have been every year with John Robinson. He wants to be as unpredictable as, as possible
0: busy with mike keith voice of the tennessee titans really appreciate your time if the titans stay at 29 at the end of the first round or even if they were to just trade down the early second there's going to be the same kind of players in that area i hear a lot of the analysts daniel jeremiah and others talk about for the titans mike Vrabel, titans type of guys the toughness the physicality those kind of things Have you, in talking with Coach McGinnis and hearing those guys break down those players, or even you in your viewing of these players, can you identify some players that might be in in that range, that maybe fit that Titans mold, that kind of player? You mean like Jawan Jennings?
1: (laughs) Well, maybe not a twenty-nine, but later in yeah. Well, that's what I'm I'm talking about those types of players. Yeah, Yeah. I mean they're a bunch they're a bunch of guys like that. I mean they're there are a lot of players that have that tendency to them. And listen, if, if it's a tie break between vertical jump and 40 time and straight nastiness, they're going nastiness. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what they want. They're going toughness. They're going resolve. Um, they, they like the stories of guys who were two-star recruits. They like the stories of guys who fought back from things. I thought I thought for sure you were going Juwan Jennings with that question. Uh, because while I mean that's the type of guy that and I honestly I don't know how they feel about Juwan because remember I haven't been in the building since March the eleventh. Mm-hmm. So I've I haven't seen the board, I've talked to them a couple of times. I don't know. But what I know about a player like that is you say, Okay. He ran 4-7. So what? A big deal. I don't care. Um, So he's not the biggest guy. So he's not the fastest guy. The guy gets open. The guy's a battler. The guy's a blocker. The guy would be a great gunner on special teams. If he couldn't play football for you immediately, he's a gunner or he's a returner or he's he's a football player. Mm -hmm. And they are constantly looking for football players. That's the... You know, that's why they re-signed Dennis Kelly. Dennis Kelly caught two touchdown passes last year. Mm -hmm. Dennis Kelly can play both guards, both tackles, tight end, whatever you want to do. Maybe he's the starting right tackle. Some people hope he's not, that he goes back into the backup role because he's almost more valuable doing that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. They're always looking for guys like that. And the the Jennings of the world certainly fit that sort of thing. a running back like uh, Edwards Allaire from LSU, uh, the guy just the guy's a, a ball player. I mean, that's it. I mean, he is a ball player. He's too short. He's not fast enough. I, I mean, I get it, but he's a winner. You know, he, the guy is a is a winner, and that that part of it factors in. Now, they are not interested. We're, we're not drafting a team to be all the coaches' favorites. You're going to draft on height, weight, speed some. You're going to draft on upside. But if the tiebreaker is that attitude, then that's what Vrabel and Robinson want. And that is where they are simpatico, like probably no head coach and no GM, because their belief, and being raised up in the Patriots system, their belief, and how Vrabel was as a player, is the you know, Frable would have been a great tight end in the league. He caught 12 passes in his career, all for touchdowns, ball player. And so that part of it certainly factors in at all times. And we are one of those teams that, you know, we're, we're not drafting an Olympic relay team. We're not drafting an Olympic powerlifting team. We're not drafting a basketball team. We're drafting a football team. And while you want some of those attributes and we have some guys that have them, you know, football's a different game, particularly when you get into week 16 and you got to have it like we have the last four years. uh, Those are the people you want.
0: Tell everybody about what they can find from the Tennessee Titans, social media, what you guys are working on, on draft day.
1: Well, we are uh, in the process of doing a lot. We we do the official Titans podcast. Mm-hmm. We call it the OTP, and you can download that wherever you get your podcasts and at tennesseetitans.com slash podcast. We are doing live draft coverage from 8 Eastern until the end of the first round on Thursday and 7 Eastern until the end of the third round on Friday and uh you can you know there're a lot of different places you have a chance to listen to that uh hopefully our titans radio affiliates are all carrying it i don't know i haven't seen the full list yet but we're we're excited about doing that we we're doing it in a bizarre way uh we're going to be at a guy's house in his garage uh, we have we have the road gear and that we take that we take with us when we broadcast and we've got it set up to where we can all be a part but we can all still see each other and that way we're being safe, but we know Titans fans and our Titans radio partners love to love to have that sort of coverage largely because of coach Mack and red and Jonathan and Jonathan Hutton and I kind of, uh, we, we sort of uh, we feed them the ball, you know, that's, that's our job is to get them the ball and let them run with it. It's really a great weekend and I'm excited.
0: Well, we'll look forward to that coverage. Mike, always enjoyable to talk to you. Really nice to see you here on the Zoom video. Always enjoy your visits with John and Jimmy on Sports Talk. And uh, have a great draft. And thanks so much for for being a part of our draft coverage here presented by UT Athletics. Get your tickets at allvols.com.
1: Vince, my pleasure. Thanks for having me on.